Welcome back to the Halfway Podcast, where we are speaking to some of our favorite business role models who have really inspired us on our career journeys. So today we're speaking to two co-founders, co-founders of Yoke, to be specific, Mustafa and Jide. Um, Yoke is an influencer platform and they're currently working on building a creator ecosystem. Established in 2018, Yoke is based in London at the moment and they're currently working with creators all over the US and the UK. They've built quite an international portfolio for themselves. We're going to hear from the guys now, so stay tuned. We have the Yoke Network. Um, we've got the two founders over here, Mustafa, Jide. Um, okay, so guys, we're going to start off a little bit first about yourselves and then we'll move on to Yoke because I'm pretty sure a lot of people are going to be like, what is Yoke? Is that just okay? No. Okay, so let's see. Yeah. Let's go with you. Age, yeah, so. Background. Yeah, cool. So I'm Mustafa, I'm 24 from East London. Sound like I'm on that some dating shows. But uh, yeah, and um, studied computer science at Lancaster, which explains the little relationship here. And um, yeah, I studied computer science there, and upon leaving, went on to start Yoke with Jids. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my name's Jide. Um, I'm 26 now, and time's flying. Um, and I went to University of Musi, studied economics. And once I finished economics, I went and uh, worked a year at a startup called Sweatcoin. And then uh, we started Yoke, yeah, kind of like a year into that. And we haven't really looked back since. So, wow. it's a bit about me. <laughs> um, cool. So, what is Yoke? What is the Yoke Network? Yeah, so, um, I guess in terms of vision-wise, like what we're trying to kind of build is uh, an ecosystem for influencers where creators are at the core and we're able to allow them to create, collaborate and earn. Um, so, trying to do kind of a whole load of services for them. In our current form, um, we're a bunch of different services that are trying to basically create that virtuous circle. I guess Jids can explain what we can do right yeah. now. Yeah, so at our core business and what we started with was our influencer app where they can literally come on the app, uh, they'll have offers, they copy a link and they can promote and they can earn like a phenomenal amount. Like we've actually seen influencers earn like five figures. Our top eight creators have earned like six figures and like paid for like heart surgery for their family and stuff. Wow. Um, then on top of that, we have uh, talent management, which is like exclusive. Uh, and we have creators like the top tier creators on predominantly on TikTok who have, um, who work with us on various projects and we help them with their careers to grow. And uh, we have a wide community of over like 2000 creators, predominantly in the US uh, and a lot in the UK as well. And um, yeah, it's only the beginning but we're continuing to like kind of break break boundaries and create a new ecosystem in yeah. the influencer industry. Sure, that sounds sounds amazing. And you Appreciate came straight out of uni and did that. Obviously yeah. today after your job at um Sweatcoin and moved on to Yoke, but that's not a that's not a long time frame in terms of because you hear a lot of people they're kind of like, Oh, I don't know if I'm gonna start this, I don't know if I'm gonna start yeah. that and then it takes it takes a while, so but you guys just went straight into it. Yeah, I guess like basically like um, while I was doing my masters, Jude was at Sweatcoin. We were talking about like business stuff, and obviously we had another podcast like uh, New Money. Shout out New Money. Uh, <laughs> don't think it's on the internet anymore, but um, yeah. So like during that kind of we were just discussing like business and stuff, and um, the idea of York came about, and I was still looking for jobs in that, so it wasn't like I was like trying to think about just jumping into entrepreneurship. 
but then after you know that not working out um i just thought just gotta take your kind of future into your own hands and then just jumped into it so yeah like um to be honest it wasn't scary because it was like something that i knew that we wanted to do yeah like a clear path about how we're going to execute it Mm. but um to be dead honest with you like we're just thinking like fuck it let's give it a try and the opportunity was greater than like the um the failure like the risk of failure was uh, a lot lower than the risk of um than that the the chance of success so like um looking back um there was a stage where i would have said that if i knew it would be this hard then i kind of would have done it but Mm. now we're at a stage where I'm like, it's worth the grand and like knowing that we're only at the beginning and there's so much more of an upside of the opportunity that we have. Um, that's, that's what keeps us motivated and like, why we, we're kind of happy that we took the plunge. Yeah, yeah. Like when you're in it, like, <clears throat> yeah, you can't stop. So it's just a hamster wheel. It's wow. going to continue. But before you start, you're always like waiting to kind of get in. But once you're in it, it's just, you just got to keep going. How many, um, did it, did it just start off with just you guys? Yeah. 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 So, um, I think we, we hired our first like intern in like October, 2018. So that four months in. Yeah. That was like four months. When we started to just start to make a little bit of money and then it was a bit like we were taking part in like an accelerator and then when me and Jilly would go, the business would stop. So it didn't really make sense. We still needed like a third person. And from there, we just like brought on another intern, another, and then once we had enough money, could start to actually pay people. So how that. many employees are you guys on now? At 17. Something like that. 17? Yeah, yeah something like that. I guess, Super yeah, something shock. like that. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. I lost count myself, so it's, yeah, something like that. So it's getting like that. It's slowly getting Yeah, to that but point. I'm not going to lie. It's a thing where it's like, I like I love my team and stuff, and it, but it's like, I don't want to keep kind of increasing that much rather than like kind of, like if we had a small team or stick to what we have now but it's efficient everyone knows what they're doing everyone is able to achieve what they want then that's like the ideal kind of thing but i'm not trying to go on to like having like 30 people or whatever and doing a certain amount of revenue and it's like it doesn't really make sense i'd much rather it be like super lean and we're all just i guess working kind of uh like with intention and, and achieving goals and stuff so what does that mean for, I mean, the first, the first thing that came into my mind when you mentioned that is, what does that mean for work-life balance? Like, is, is it difficult right now? Well, I'm assuming for <laughs> you guys is more difficult Yeah, I'm like, work-life, work life. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's work-work balance, man. I'm trying yeah. to balance working at home and working at office. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's like, we're slowly trying to, I guess, figure out how we work best and I guess, like, yeah, trying to balance that a bit. I guess Jits can speak about it more because mine's just yeah. work, work, work. So. Um, yeah, I think that it's been a bit of a, a change because there was a time when you kind of um got to a point where you like burnt out and like literally, I was like dying for for the business. Um, but then you kind of realize that um, mostly kind of put into perspective that you got to like use all the brains that you have in a team, mm. and like it's not just about you trying to think for seventeen people is you activating 17 brains um so then that helps with the work-life balance because then you can allocate time to say yeah i'm gonna rest i'm gonna um mm. i'm gonna um recover and i think that one thing that's helped me since i got back from like my break is that just like getting them hours of sleep and switching off um 
then being able to come back and be effective. Uh, so it's just about uh, balancing your time so that mm. it doesn't have to be all work, but even if you leave five to ten percent of your time at this stage for other things like socially, then then you're good. You guys have mentioned your investor a couple of times, mm-hmm. um, the accelerator as well. So mm-hmm. I know those two are linked, but do you want to go into a little bit more detail about how that even came up? Um, is your investor helping you out a lot? Not that much. Mm-hmm. How, how does it actually go? Yeah, I guess like in terms of originally, like, when we first started, I think because we both hadn't really done, I guess, this before, we didn't know much about the industry and stuff. Um, we just looked into like accelerator programs and stuff like that. Which is basically like a program that will base. it's kind of like business classes in a way and it teaches you like different things in terms of starting a startup basically. So it's like a weekly kind of thing where you go with other people that are entrepreneurs as well. You learn about like, you know, things like finances, things like um, how, what to focus on, how to build your MVP, stuff like that. Um, so they kind of invite different people that can mentor you or speak to you and stuff like that. So originally, we applied to two. Um, one was um, Collider, which we'll talk about in a second. And one was a, um, a free, like I guess, pre-accelerator in Stratford. Um, so this was called Fast Forward. And funnily enough, I think like the first call we had with Collider, um, we, we were late for because it was, it was in Netherlands, isn't it? So the woman's there, like, like Ellen, who's amazing, um, she was like, yeah, like you're late. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot that Ho- um, Holland is like an hour, you know, ahead of us, mm-hmm. isn't it? So we ended up having that convo and speaking for like an hour just about business and stuff like that. But then we got onto fast forward and we felt we're not quite ready, I guess, for um, Collider. And she said, you know what, just... Um, message me in like you know a month or two and we'll, we'll chat um, and then we got into fast forward uh, this was just like every Wednesday kind of just literally business classes just about you know um, how to start how to do this um, met like loads of different people I remember on the first day of that someone was like um, okay cool you're going to do this and that have you tested it manually before you build a product we were like, oh, like test like what are you talking about so we then ended up, I guess, doing our first couple campaigns just through like Excel sheets and stuff like that. Fast forward was like super helpful and we actually met someone from Collider there. She spoke like like amazingly about it and said like, so amazing, you guys should apply. We then reached back out to um, Ellen and luckily we could still apply for the same cohort. Um, and then she spoke to us um, again. We went through to the next round and then I guess the next round was like go to Holland um, and have like a week where basically you kind of just prep, you kind of fight it out against some other startups and see who wins. Um, and then I think, Jida, you were there for the first couple of days, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was on holiday in it, so um, doing up lifestyle. And then um, when we've literally got into a program and then for that, we actually, we actually needed, obviously, they wanted to invest in us. Um, so... They obviously had some money, wanted to put some in. At the time, we were kind of unsure because it's two months in, someone's offering you money and we're like, do we really need it? Didn't even have a plan for it. Um, but then we decided that like, we thought the value of being on that program, 
was worth it. So we took the money, we went on the program, super helpful because we then ended up meeting some more people. Um, we were in and out of Amsterdam like every week or two. Um, and then at the end of it, um, I think we ended up getting introduced to um, another, like some, some random guys that were interested in performance marketing, <laughs> literally. Performance influencer marketing. Yeah, yeah. And then they were just like super excited through email. I'm like, yo, I don't know you. Like, <laughs> but um, we, set, we set a date to chat to them. Um, and it was in, I guess, the new year, so 2019, January. They came to our office. And it was proper weird because someone set a meeting with us and they wanted to come to our office. And we're like, mm, okay, cool. Uh, but then when he literally, when he came into office, uh, this was Jim, by the way, Jim and Dom, our investors. And they basically were like, we just wanted to suss you out. Like, we wanted to see if you actually had an office. <laughs> and also what the setup was like, all of that kind of stuff. We ended up talking about just like business, not even related to investment or anything, for like two, three hours, um, just talking about our strategies and stuff like that. Well, at the time, they obviously said they want to invest in stuff. They're interested in the space. They've been speaking to a lot bigger players um, within the space, but they found what we were doing was interesting because we were, in their words, like being more bold and like willing to take risks and basically doing everything on performance. We could easily charge, you know, like 40k for a campaign, have no results backed by it and just make our money like that. But we live and die by the results in it. So that was what they were interested in. And they came from that market, performance marketing. So they were super interested. And just over the next like two months or so after that, they, um, I guess we had some conversations. We were struggling um, and we just needed some help. We were like just asking them a few different things. And then it came to a point where we were, I think Jay called me one evening. We were just like, I think it's the point where, why are we worrying about certain things? Should we just get investment? Do you know what I mean? I guess, like, I guess you can take from here. You tell the story so well. Um, <laughs> so yeah, like uh, we then we got investment from Jim and Dom, um, mainly because it wasn't just for that like, the money. It was more that strategically they know people in the industry. They could introduce us to people. Um, we know like, they could guide us. They could help us. And like they were very, they're pretty active investors. So like the main difference between like certain investments investors and other investors is that um when you're looking for an investor you don't want someone who's just going to give you money and then like sod off you want someone who's going to give you money invest that time the effort the energy and helping you to solve problems and grow the business and um that's one thing that they have done and like we even met them this week and like they're still active on us we do like weekly reports to them and stuff just keeping up to date and like um so just getting that money in um did help us and it was like good terms in terms of what we thought at the time and and for them as well so it's like a give and take relationship um but i'd say there's not much more to add just just in terms of the investor relationship is it's about them helping us and guiding us and and mm. um helping us to be the best entrepreneurs that we can yeah. but one thing that they we have benefited greatly from is them getting access to their network and who they know um because Jim, he sold his company. It was like a performance marketing agency. He sold it for 50 mil, you know, and that was like what, three years ago. And like, you're speaking to the source, you're speaking to the nuts. So like he, if you can, all you got to do is kind of replicate that. Um, and like within his experience, apply it to your own e uh, industry and your own day to day. And, um, and that's something that 
we've we've benefited from a lot of the things that he said in the future have ended up as long a lot of things that he said will happen in the future have ended up happening um such as that the market coming to us um such as um us believing in ourselves stuff like that um and again like he can see further uh him uh jim i, I wouldn't even just say jim it's jim dom uh james he's like our vp of finance uh these are all guys who they've they've earned a lot of money in this marketing space and and all we're doing is trying to learn from them and, and to be honest me personally i just want to be richer than jim <laughs> so so like i have it as a personal goal to like try and be yeah. better learn from him but be better than him Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it would be the biggest compliment if I do ach- achieve greater than what he has. Mm-hmm. What would you say to someone who um, is wondering whether they should join a program similar to what you guys did or whether they should just go out there and well, look You need it? to equip yourself with the tools that you can, that you need to win. So like, if you're in an industry and you've got vast experience, then you may not need to go to... Uh, like an accelerated program to understand what your product is mm. but if you're brand new to an industry like me and Musi were fresh meat like literally we don't I don't know what net, I didn't even know what net 30 was like I didn't know nothing about marketing yeah. and and like being God's honest like I used to fall asleep in my marketing lectures like so I didn't actually like understand the industry but um that type of paranoia said yeah let's go out and um and learn and I think it, you need to give yourself the best opportunity to win mm. um, so if that means going to an accelerate program that means getting investors mm. then you got to do that um, and then when you're there you need to maximize that experience that like Musi and I every time we even had a presentation for uh, in our accelerate program we're like we have to be the best in the room like we have to uh, wow them we need to maintain that standard and every week that we did that it um it gave us um more pe- people wanted to help us because they knew the effort that we put in mm. and then it pushed us to say like the next week like yeah we have to maintain that standard or else they're gonna be disappointed in us so I definitely think like if you need it go to an accelerator program or apply for one um and then that will help you to test to see if your business is even viable mm. because like the reason why we kind of got going was because they said. Why are you building a product? Go out and get a customer. And fortunately, we got we went out. We got a customer. They're still technically a customer to this day, mm-hmm. and like it's just crazy mm-hmm. that um they they just told us what to do and then like they just give you that advice and that stability. Who decides what what that money goes to? Is it something that you have to speak to them about, or nah, have nah. you guys? Is yeah. it just yeah? Well, with with that, you have to you have to have a plan. So basically, you, me and Musi sit down and we plan out, all right, cool, we're getting X amount in, how are we going to spend it? Uh, what's the highest priority thing to spend it on? Um, and we spend it a lot on initially that product and um, we spend it on like... Um, Wait, when you guys say product, what exactly are you referring well, to? Well, product in, in, our, in our immediate industry... Well, product for us is that the app, but product in another industry might be... Um, uh, clothing product might be mm. the website product might be um, anything that you have at, at your core to sell mm. you know um, so we invested in like the app getting that built to a certain standard and working on like the tech behind it um, and then 
that was like the highest priority and where most of the money went to. Then moving backwards, we kind of invested in like just building up day to day in the sales pipeline. But now I think if I was to restart and have like have that money again, I definitely one invested in like user testing um, more. So and actually I have more controlled um, like industry insights into like how people behave uh, for our product. Um, then I would have invested it in um, the product as well, and then uh, hiring like the right people, like the most, like the best team, or, or giving them favorable terms to join. Because then, if you have a team that can win, then you're unstoppable, and mm. you're only as smart as the people in your company. Where did influencer marketing come in? Like, who was it? Was it? This guy, this guy. Yeah. I didn't know about anything to do with influencers. To be fair, so when I was working at my previous role, like, I kind of fell in love with like just speaking to influencers and like just helping them to earn money and just media as it in in its current format, because you started to realize that like uh, there was like a de- it was being democratized and it wasn't just like the guys at the top who were making a lot of money or just the media agencies. It was actually the creators themselves. So then um. Uh, that's kind of the idea going into it is that um, having the ease of use and the ease of access for the top creators or even creators to earn um, that's where I wanted to help them and then I realised that you could kind of do it in as a business and then we kind of homed in and, and kind of grinded and, and worked and just learnt from our clients learnt from influencers learnt from creators along the way uh, even to this day like we're always asking questions and always trying to learn um, because we're in the media industry, but we have a, a tech platform basically around that. But a lot around, but then even within that, there's so much more to it in terms of like uh, people with experience, people who come from different forms of it. And like as you immerse yourself into it, um, you realize that like influence are, is just so much bigger than just the, um, the end product, which is what everybody consumes mm-hmm. on social media. Really selling the role of an influencer, like. Nah, I'm telling you, man. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a good position to be in, man. Yeah. Obviously, it's, it's a lot of work on their part, but like, it does it pays off. Well, if if done correctly, and you're ahead of the curve, and you're creating content that's a lot that is unique, that is different, and you're not just following trends, then you can be very successful. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, there's still people who earn a living, uh, from kind of doing the residual and just kind of copying trends following content that's viral stuff like that um but definitely the the core focus is building your own platform building your own audience and that's what you realize that influencers or creators i I don't really like to call them influencers they're more creators Mm -hmm. that's what they're really good at engaging their audience and getting their message across Mm -hmm. um and but yeah that's the pros of it The, the kind of dark side is that you're at you're at the um you're at the gauntlet so like you're at the mercy of your audience and you could do something people might try to counsel you people who have less um less forgiveness for you because you could make a mistake and mm. that, that that could be like uh something that's bad for you so uh the pros and cons but ultimately we're in an industry where we're trying to help these guys to maximize the pros you mentioned in the beginning um mm. that this has not been a easy ride that has just mm. been flowing you know a straight yeah. path 
So what do you guys think is like has been some of your biggest challenges that you've come across? Or even just one thing that you can is really it really um, resonate with that, that really comes to your mind? The number one thing I'll say is focus. Yeah. Um because in in a, especially in an industry that we're in because there's so much access to opportunity, there's so many opportunities that are presented to you, you need to be able to figure out the highest priority thing at that moment in time. And then sometimes we've lacked the focus on that and that's where things are deviated. Yeah, I think like <clears throat> there's, I don't know about just one, because there's always so many like different challenges that happen all the time. Like we, we joke often like we'll enter a quarter and we'll like plan out our roadmap and stuff and what we want to do and kind of we'll talk about the issues we have right now and how we want to solve them um, and then also the progress we actually want to make but then like when you're in and you're doing it and then at the end of the quarter you look back and you're like damn like there's, there's a new set of challenges because it's as if the business changes completely every every so often um, so there's always like challenges that come about and stuff but I totally agree with you like, it's, it's focus and thinking about there's so there's always so many issues but even in i guess even in your personal life as well it's a similar thing where it's like you can't solve everything and you kind of just have to i guess pick the ones that are going to drive the most value or return and just focus on those and really like jd mentioned earlier like utilize the people around you because one thing that we were doing for so long even up until like now is um even hiring new people but when it comes to problems it was still the same process. It would either be me, Jids, or me, Jids, Clint, or just a couple people trying to solve like big issues. But it doesn't make sense because you're hiring these new people and then you're not utilizing their brains. They're on the front line. There's a reason you hired them as well. So we were like, it was not scalable because it was like the business was still being run by like two, two or three brains or something. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And like, once you start to face bigger problems when you're starting to grow and stuff, you can't do that and you can't always be the the hero to save the day and stuff. Like it doesn't work like that anymore. So you actually gotta like trust and work collaboratively with um with the people you have and stuff like that. But I guess one thing I'd say is um kind of there's with these big challenges that come about, you kinda of just have to face them head on. Um because there's a lot of the time where you can just ignore it. Um, and just hope it will go away but it never really does that yeah. so you just have to like be comfortable being uncomfortable and just face it head on understand even share with your team that like shit's not dandy like it's not it's not all like pretty um, and it's not straightforward there's issues here and you just got to show them and like th at that point you should come out stronger I would yeah. say no for sure that makes sense mm. so one thing that like kind of I'm, I'm questioning or I'm just wondering about now is obviously everyone always says focus on what your hobby is and try and grow on that and especially for other entrepreneurs there's a lot of people out there entrepreneurship is becoming such a big thing right now mm -hmm. and everyone is always saying focus on your hobby and just build that up and then something will come out of that mm -hmm. so obviously influencer marketing it's not really something that you know it would come to someone's mind yeah. as yeah that's my hobby so what part I'm, but I'm pretty sure there must be some part of that which each of you even if different parts of it that you know you really enjoy you really love that is mm. kind of you know pushing you to keep striving forward so yeah. what what would that well, be well if you're going to start a business the business that you start you have to be obsessed with it if you're not obsessed mm -hmm. with it then just leave it because 
like you there's times when you, if you're not obsessed with something and then things are going wrong then you're just going to give up because you're going to be like I don't care about it that much um, because there are always going to be challenges in a business um, but definitely it's also I wouldn't even say it's something that you have to have um, amazing experience in um, because it depends on the industry and it depends on the time that you enter but definitely if you want to start a business you've got to look at the timing so that what where is the market how much growth is there in that market where is that where do you envisage that growing am I obsessed with it like um, am I obsessed and can I am I going to outwork everyone or out strategize everyone um, in the industry and then um, finally it's like is my setup right like um, fortunately I was in a position where I could take that risk um, uh, because of like how I set myself up like I had a kind of a business before and like um, I had like some other like I had kind of finances to kind of fund me for a period of time and then like my monthly outgoings weren't too much so I could be like yeah like, I can let me do that you know similar to Musti as well um, so for me it's a thing where um, if you're willing to um, do all those three things then you have an opportunity and a chance to be the best and to succeed yeah still doesn't guarantee um, though yeah yeah I agree like I think like in terms of subject matter like it should probably interest you um, and but I guess for me personally like um, I find I guess the marketing very interesting but more importantly I think just the more like kind of the business aspect and solving problems and finding solutions is what I'm assess- assessed with and the same with Jiz as well like it's like oftentimes it's even though it's not fun and games like this is business and stuff but you kind of have to treat it like a, a game in a way where it's like okay cool how do we take all the opponent's pieces like how do we how do we take it to the next level and then you really got to like strategize and figure that out and also be obsessed with learning about that industry because we we obviously we didn't come from the influence marketing industry or even the marketing industry at all so oftentimes people are like, how do you know that lingo? Or how do you know all of that? And we're just, it's just because we're just obsessed with learning about it and figuring out the solutions to some of the issues or that we're facing that will help us take it to the next level. Yeah. And um, yeah, I guess the main thing that we, I guess we've kind of said is just obsession. Like um, one thing that I think we had a conversation with our investor um, earlier this week and he was talking about that, like, we like he believes that he believes in us because we obsess over like some like things that we really shouldn't obsess about but like he trusts that we won't let certain things slip because like even though we haven't faced an issue in that area we're just like so obsessed and scared that we'll lose something um and that might just be paranoia but like that kind of obsession makes us learn about things improve and constantly keep watch on i guess what we're kind of doing cool but so would you say that for someone who wanted to get into influencer marketing or any kind of marketing essentially mm. would you say that the first step that they have to kind of get into is that learning part um i guess like you can learn by doing it um sometimes you gotta fake it till you make it because like we, we we didn't know a lot like even yeah we did some funny stuff in the past like kind of having to fake it and stuff because um, that's the only way you get into rooms with like certain clients or agencies or even influencers um, you just gotta like kind of act like you know what you're yeah. doing um, but yeah just I, I really do think like study the market because you gotta understand like 
where you fit in and are you actually providing value in it because you could because the size of the business that you want to build and your aspirations um you have to kind of understand where you fit into the market if you if you're happy with just you know making a salary and doing something by yourself or whatnot um then you can look at the market and understand oh i can make a little bit of money here but if you're trying to i guess grow something slightly bigger or even take over like a large market then you really have to understand where you differentiate and like what you bring to the table who you need and stuff like that um so at that point you've got to learn by doing but also learn by actually like figuring everything out having conversations and understanding the market in general yeah Mm. Uh, i think i think that would apply to any yeah yeah, yeah. sector Mm -hmm. as well Mm -hmm. so that's a good point so there's some juicy stuff that i want to move on to now go ahead go ahead right so (laughs) obviously there's been a couple of articles that you guys have been featured in now Mm -hmm. i think the one that well i just remembered another one as well but yeah so (laughs) We've got Forbes, Business Insider. Mm-hmm. How the hell did all of this come up? It's uh... <laughs> so it's a so it's a couple of things. It's like one, uh, like reaching out to journalists and stuff. Two, working with like PR people as well, and then three, actually having something to write about because uh, you can't write about thin air. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so with us, we kind of didn't even focus on the PR side. Uh, for like the first two years because it's like uh, what are they going to write about you know what I mean mm-hmm. like you can't you, you want to write about like actually delivering results and then the, um then after when we we kind of were in touch with like um, journalists and like PR people um they were like wow like um well you guys actually bringing something to the table for us and this is kind of like an easy sell for them for me um it's not all glitz and glam. You shouldn't be focusing about get, trying to get in them articles because ultimately it only helps to just bring you credibility. But what you should focus on is actually trying to actually do the groundwork so that at the time you really want to get in there, you just be like, it's a no-brainer for like the um, journalists because they're always looking for stories. Um, it's just whether yours is kind of good enough. Okay, I know that there's another part of Yoke, which you already mentioned as well briefly, that mm. it doesn't really focus on influence marketing and it's more on management side. Mm. Um, and I'm aware that you guys have some projects um, yeah. coming up in that as well. So do you want to speak a little bit about it? Well, actually first speak a little bit about what is that management, Yoke management mm. side. So the management side is mainly, um, I was working with like exclusive creators uh, the top creators in the UK and US um, to kind of help them with their careers essentially. Uh, like you see a lot of kind of managers who are kind of leveraging other agencies uh, to deliver, to help their clients. But for us, we actually built those relationships over the past uh, two years. And that's why we want to help these creators get access to the relationships we have. Like we've had some of our creators, we've got them in the Metro, we've got them in, um, uh, even standard, I think we got them in like um in a uh, business insider, so like we're helping them to boost their profile and to actually earn more and get their market value. Cause I think a lot of creators on TikTok initially, they were just getting they were getting run ragged by advertisers. Yeah, they were just getting yeah. undercut, and we're seeing that. And we're like, that's that one. That's not fair. But two, um, these guys, when people do realize their value, um, then like we want to have that relationship with them. So so that's what we started with management. And then in terms of like the project that we're launching, 
uh, it's called the Wave House. So it's um the whole idea is that we're professionalizing TikTok. Um, and we've heavily invested in in this project so that we can help creators to um earn, uh, create and collaborate, but create the most viral content online, the best quality content online. Um, so so they're living in in essentially a mansion. Um, and they got like um they they got a house manager that's looking after them, regimented regime. Uh, they got even catering as well. So so it's like it's an environment for them to to be the best that they can and um we're part of that project. Um and it's so far it started off well but um like there's so much content that's you're gonna see online because it's gonna be of that quality. Mm, yeah, I think um yeah to go back to the management piece it's like um obviously in terms of our mission at least the thing that we wanna achieve before we get to like our our promised land, let's say. It's like we we started this because we wanted to make influencer marketing like um kind of uh positive sum so like both like both sides the advertiser and the influencer can both i guess benefit from the relationship because there's often times we've heard that advertisers will get absolutely shafted with results because the incentives aren't aligned and then the influencers they can easily get shafted because we've heard some silly deals that they will just take and if like re- literally like, at the start there was some deals where it was like a bit shady but if this influencer doesn't say if, if they say no another influencer would just say yes so the advertiser will just shove someone else you know what i mean but our whole thing was we came into it and we're like yo this isn't right we can actually like actually deliver a service that benefits these influencers and also the advertisers that sounds amazing I've seen some pictures, videos. It's mad, it's mad. I still um, haven't. I still haven't even been there. That's the maddest thing because wow. it's like, like Jide's been there. Obviously, he's basically there all the time. But <laughs> um, like, I, it's, it's weird. Like, I really want to go, but at the same time, it's like, it's gonna be crazy when I actually see it in real life. I don't think I'll leave. So. Oh yeah, guys! If you wanna be in the way, <laughs> what you need to do is subscribe to my channel, like all my friends, <laughs> and maybe yeah. you'll get a chance. Maybe, maybe, maybe one night, one night <laughs> sleeping there. But no, that is mad. That is mm. really, really mad. I feel like that's a massive step or accomplishment. Yeah, is it? Is it? Is it? Is it's been interesting like so far. It's starting to push it out and getting the responses and stuff back, but we'll see, man. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, no. yeah. amazing. So, um, my that kind of leads me to my next question, which is, what is the point of all? Like, what is the point of all of this? What is your goal out of Europe? How long do you see you got? Do you guys see yourselves working on this for the rest of your lives, or is there a point where you feel like, okay, this is what we want to reach to, and you know, this is how we're gonna get there? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I think in terms of our goal, our goal is to really um pioneer an industry and like create an ecosystem, and I think um even if we if we achieve that, which I, be, I firmly believe that we will. Um, then that's something that will be sustainable and something that we can uh, um, it could be our legacy you know um, but that's that's the goal the goal is to really um, create a platform for this new media um, these new creators that are emerging and like um, I just don't see why we can't achieve it um, especially if we focus on the plan that we have and we add the components to the ecosystem that will help sustain it so like our goal is to really be number one and and help creators around the world to to have a platform. 
Yeah, I think, um, and I guess also, I guess what kind of drives us and why we do it as well. I guess it's also showing other people that it's possible, and it like um, is like we kind of what drives us is like well, I a couple years ago I was just like in East London, I didn't know nothing about business, I didn't even want to get into business. Do you know what I mean? And it's like um, no, I've never seen any kind of um, I guess role models within this kind of space or whatever. Um, whether we become kind of role models, but like it's a thing where it's like if we are able to show that there's another path that opens it up to so many other people, whether it's even like investors and stuff, like when we talk to our investors, it's like even them investing in us, it, like they are now like, okay, cool, like now I know I don't just have to invest in my circle of people I know or people like me. I can go into looking at the next Muslim Jude. Do you know what I mean? Um so there's little things like that, like that kind of make us think, okay, cool, we're not just doing it for ourselves, we're doing it for uh, other people too. Yeah, so a kind of question that we're trying to get out to everyone who comes on the, on mm. the pod is who are you doing this for? Um, mm. So I know you kind of touched on that as well, mm. but thinking about it directly, is there like a specific person, personal relationship, or even if it's not a personal relationship, but it is a direct relationship that you might have, mm. whether it's to a community, um, is, do you guys have that? To be fair, I think today speaks about it a lot. So. Oh yeah, I, I definitely feel like the young male uh, in London, young black male um, who's out there, um, I definitely think that I could, or me personally, and mostly, um, we're trying to be role models there, like in the sense that um, I I honestly think that um, you don't have to be an athlete, you don't have to be a, um, a musician or in, in the entertainment industry, you can really actually pioneer a space and be an entrepreneur. Um, also, I've got loads of cousins, like little cousins who are like teenagers now, so I'm not under 10, I've got a nephew now. Um, and for us, like, me, for me to be able to be that role model and show them like yo like this is what uncle jide can do or your big cousin can do and and kind of build that that space with them like even my my, my this summer my little cousin she's been interning here and learned a lot and stuff like to be able to do that um it's something that i'm very proud of and i want others to go and see that they can do that you know? yeah so, yeah i think <clears throat> yeah same kind of thing like um so obviously family being able to show them that like with, I, I'm at least doing something completely different to whatever they expect me to do or whatever's the natural path. I often see like my younger like siblings and stuff like they kind of go into stuff but they don't really know where they're trying to go. That's the same with like even people I know from back home like they, they don't really they get into certain things and they kind of don't know where they're going or they get to a point where they're like they're just confused and they, they don't really know what path to take. And oftentimes, like, they'll only think of a limited set as either get this kind of nine to five or get this, you know, um, start like kind of uh, rapping or whatever. Like, but there's there's actually so many other things that like kind of are available that we're just not shown. And personally, I didn't know about a lot of this stuff um, back a couple of years ago. So, and I even know still like friends that don't really know that now. Um, and it's just showing them like, like, I'm doing something completely different um, and you can kind of go into, you can kind of go into something different yourself and, and you just got to kind of just fucking try it, do you know what I mean? And that's, I think, one thing that we're often not taught is like, 
just try that and just jump into it. Um, I think our generation is starting to learn that. Just, just do it. But um, that's that's a big thing, kind of. We want to show like just, you just gotta try, man. Because like you don't really know unless you you do or you ask or you kind of just jump for straight in. Yeah. How long from York you think you wanna mm. be suitable for the line for? To to be fair, like we could be doing it for a while, man. Like, um, but our thing is like um, depends in it. It depends on like what we want to do in general, like because we still plan, I guess, our personal kind of ambitions and that like, way we want to go because there's still so many other problems that we want to solve like, I guess personally like um, in other industries or like just in general and helping out this might not be I guess the best way to help out whatever issue we're trying to solve in, in the future um, so I guess we can't we kind of just see it kind of like a couple years at a time um, so I can at least say like yeah the next two years but at that point you got to kind of think is it what what's happening at the moment um the market as well like what's happening in the market um how long term is this so we've got to ask ourselves a few few different types of questions which we're always kind of talking about and yeah yes adaptability <clears throat> is a big thing yeah 100 man 100 so yeah no, that sounds amazing i mean from where you guys have started to where you guys are now is mm. a massive massive yes. difference and I kind of want to highlight that to the viewers and the listeners as well. Um, obviously, we've heard some things that you guys are doing, which is just great, and it just blows someone's mind. But um, yeah, just just really seeing the growth is crazy, and it just shows you what two what is this two years a little bit over two years. Yeah, just yeah. over two years. This that mm. this is what can happen. I mean, you guys are in another office now. I know you've moved. A couple times. Yeah, we're we we travellers, man. Like, we, <laughs> literally, we're known all over. I guess all over London and WeWork and stuff. We're just three months here, three months here, three months here. Yeah, but that's what happens with growth. Yeah, yeah but also getting good deals. You know what I mean? Shout out to WeWork. <laughs> <laughs> Don't waste your money. <laughs> no, but yeah, I think we can we can wrap it up there. Sick. Thank you so much. No man. problem, no problem, no problem. Always good, always good.